Welcome to the Medical Mnemonist Podcast, brought to you by Med School Coach. Each episode, take a journey into the top techniques for medical mnemonics, study skills, board exam tips, and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. We are now at episode four of our mini-series here of our audio course. And right now, if you have not listened to the past three episodes, stop this episode. These are going to be the more advanced mnemonics creation techniques. And if you haven't been practicing the past three weeks, or if you're new to these techniques, this is not going to be the best episode to start off on. So go back, listen to the past three episodes where we really cover the basics of visual mnemonics creation and how to implement these in one of our first tools, which is the PEG system. And then the second tool we utilized was mind maps, which also implemented some of these visual marker strategies, as well as others that are specific to the mind map creation. So here we're going to get into some really in-depth, advanced kind of techniques for creating visual markers. So if you're new, these might be a bit difficult to understand, to conceptualize, especially when not seeing the visuals. <laughs> so please do go back and listen to those first before getting started here. If you are now on episode four and you've listened to the past episodes or you have previous experience in visual marker creation, maybe you've taken an online course, there's some interesting free ones out there. I usually recommend Anthony Mativier's from the Magnetic Memory Method because he has a free four or five part course, I believe it is. And you can take his more advanced courses if you would like as well. Actually, we'll stick an affiliate link in the show notes. So do appreciate it if you do decide to purchase this course to use that link. In particular, we're really going to focus on two different tools here, two different techniques that you can add to your toolbox. And that is the PAO method, which stands for person action object and is one of the most common methods used by memory champions when they are trying to remember, you know, hundreds to thousands of different topics and names and numbers all within a particular sequence. And these are used in conjunction with other mnemonics devices and techniques as well. So all of these can be used in isolation and they become stronger when used in conjunction, but that takes time and practice. So that's why we're taking these step-by-step, step, gaining the basic insights into them, jotting down everything in our journals, practicing over time, adding slowly and slowly, and in the last episode of this mini-series, we'll try to combine a lot of these together to give you the full view of what is potentially possible. But it really all comes down to you, how much time you dedicate to the practice, how much creativity you can develop. And you might say, oh, I'm not very creative, but that's not true. We're all creative. We just don't often use it as much as we should, especially as we get older and especially when we're in the sciences for some reason. We seem to stray away from more abstract and creative concepts and practices. So try these out, try arts and crafts, try other things that will get you back in the creative mindset a little bit more, and you'll be much more successful when implementing these. So if you finished part two of this mini series on the PEG system, you could probably think of the PAO as sort of a derivative of the PEG system. And the PEG system in summation is a way to add visuals to the digits one through 10 or zero through nine, depending on what you prefer. And then being able to use these strings of numbers, creating visuals for them. So you can remember whether it be phone numbers or dates or 
maybe lab values and other actually medically relevant numbers. But it can be a bit repetitive to continue to use the same numbers over and over and over again, or the same images for those numbers, I should say. So the PAO system gives you a little more diversity with what visuals you can create and their interactions with each other. And this is something that's actually also used by Gabriel Weiner that we had on a past episode. He uses this for language learning. So his book, Fluent Forever, uses flashcard techniques, as we've discussed many times in the past, and mnemonic techniques like we do here, which is really why I wanted to have him on the episode to see how he uses the same techniques for language learning that we utilize for medical learning. And the PAO system is person action object. So basically what you can do is jot down another table, kind of like the peg system table, but instead of seems like, looks like, sounds like, we're going to have person, action, and object as the columns. So as a practice, as your homework assignment for this technique, and we'll go into the second technique in a minute, create another chart, kind of like you did with the peg system. And you can number it one through 10, or if you already have the one through 10 from your peg system and you don't want to mix up the visuals you created there, you can do 11 through 20 for this one. And we're going to just take this technique and create new visuals and in a way that we can create associations between these visuals. So let's say for 11, for our first row, we have the person, the action, and the object columns in these rows. Well, how are we going to create a person for the number 11? There's a couple of different ways to approach this, but one in particular I like is called the O'Brien method. And PAO is actually kind of an advanced way from the old O'Brien method. He was a, I believe, seven times world memory champion. But we're going to transform the numbers into letters. So 1111 becomes AA. Now think of someone you know with the initials AA. If you know someone, then utilize that. And you can give it some time because this is a weird technique, a weird skill that we probably don't have a lot of practice in. If you need some help, you can always look online. There are a lot of charts, tables out there for the PAO system that you might be able to derive some sort of association with. But whichever one you end up picking for AA, make sure that it is one that you're familiar with, not just because someone else picked it, but one that you're going to be able to visualize later on. And that'll make the future creation of these mnemonics, especially the long strings that we're going to make and the memory palaces, much stronger. So for this particular example, I am a U.S. citizen and I was raised in Las Vegas for a large portion of my life, so I'm very familiar with the tennis champion Andre Agassi. So I'm going to utilize him for AA. And because he's a tennis player, the action that I most associate with him is swigging, and the object is going to be a tennis racket. So now I want you to create this chart for, let's say, 11 through 20. And yes, there is another technique for remembering 11 through 20 that we covered in the PEG system. Again, these are just skill sets that we're going to develop and then put everything together in the end. But you need to develop the basic creativity and understanding of the skills in order to properly put them together for medical topics later on. So this is another sort of memory device for numbers in particular it's very strong for, but it can be utilized in other ways too, which we'll explore in future episodes. There's another one that we didn't cover in the PEG system that is an alternative a lot of people use, and that's called the major method, 
but I'm not very good at that one, so I can't explain it in great detail. There's a lot of material out there if you want to just search for the major method mnemonics. But for the PAO system, I want you to create another chart in your memory journal. This is your homework assignment number one for today's episode. And you'll notice as you start creating all of these, you have 11 is Andre Agassi swinging a bat, and you have the 12 digit is going to be AB. So think of someone for that, and what action do you associate with them? And these associations might seem very weird at first, but later on, you'll notice that especially if you have repeating numbers, you can switch things out. So now Andre Agassi is not swinging something, but maybe is picking something up because it went from an example of 11 to 14. 14 was some person and the action was picking something up. And then the object is going to be the next string of numbers. So by utilizing this series of person and action and object, we don't need to repeat the same people or same actions or same objects multiple times as we might in the major method or peg system. Now, yes, this is particularly useful in remembering long strings of numbers, which is something that we're probably not going to have to do in medicine. But again, this is a skills building technique and a training technique more so than the practical use for this quite yet. And then the second technique for today, we're going to cover two advanced techniques, is using linking and anchor markers. So basically what this means is an anchor marker is any initial image that you've come up with in the past or do in the future. And then linking markers are things that you can attach to this anchor marker and chunk a bunch of information together. In a way, you can associate the PAO system to some sort of anchor and linking marker, but there's not really an anchor except for the number. And then you're linking these three different people, action and object to that anchor marker. But let's give a different example that's maybe a little bit more medically relevant too. A couple of years ago, I made a Memory Palace tutorial video, which I'll link in the show notes. And we used Medical Micro as the example there. And I come back to this example a lot just because I had material made for it. And it's easier to show you something that's already created than try to explain a visual image and associations between them through an audio podcast or audio course, as this is turning out to be. So it might be a good idea to go watch that video in the show notes before continuing on here. But in simplest form, the anchor marker in that case was different bacteria. And then the linking markers were the associated diseases and treatments and other factors that you would need to know to chunk that information together and associate it to the anchor marker. So let's take the bug Staphylococcus aureus which loosely translates into gold for aureus. And then we have staphylococcus. So the obvious connection there for many of us, or the first connection anyway, and the first connection is obviously the strongest, is a golden staph. So now we have this anchor marker for staphylococcus aureus. But there's a lot of other points that we need to remember uh, that are attributed to that anchor marker, right? To that bug. So what are some of the things we might need to know? So for Staphylococcus, it's catalase positive, and it's also beta hemolytic. So if it's catalase positive, I wanted to add the linking marker of a cat. So all catalase positive bugs are going to have a cat somehow associated to the anchor marker of the microbe itself. 
So for instance, Staff Epi also has a staff. It's not a golden staff anymore because it's not Staff Aureus. It's just a regular staff, but it's also catalase positive. So both of these bugs in my visual dictionary for my mnemonics are going to have a cat associated with this anchor marker of the staff. And that linking marker is usually going to hold it, for instance. And then what about the hemolysis? Because staph epi is non-hemolytic or gamma-hemolytic, whereas staph aureus is hemolytic. Specifically, it's beta-hemolytic. So we can differentiate this in many different ways. We can add some sort of theme, a color, a structural difference. And for this, I actually associated the linking marker of the type of hemolysis to the cat in my drawings in the video, unfortunately, instead of to the actual anchor marker, which was the staff. So that was a mistake I realized later on, but I was still learning when I was creating these, and I'm still learning now. And your techniques will change over time, but it doesn't matter as long as you remember the association. Okay, so this color cat is now this type of hemolysis, catalase positive, and it's holding a staff, which staff is it? And then you go from there. So you create these more complex visual markers. Instead of the one-to-one -one association, now you can have a single image with three, four, seven different topics that are all connected to it. So you're chunking similar information together. And this is how you create a lot more detailed and more information-dense visual markers. So this is going to be your second assignment for this episode. The first one is create a PAO system, and it's just a practice system, so don't worry if you make mistakes. Don't worry if you have to look online for different names or associations for the numbers. Again, we're just developing that creative look and trying to see how to connect one thing to another. We're connecting a person to an action and to an object, and that's a good stepping stone to the linking markers and anchor markers that we're now going to connect in some sort of way. So for these more advanced visual markers, these chunks of information, I want you to make a list of a few different topics. Let's just say five different topics. And these can be a pathological process. It can be a microbe name. It can be whatever you choose to work this out on. And of course, the techniques or the creativity involved for each main topic is going to vary a little. So it'll be good practice to pick five different ones, maybe from five different disciplines. Maybe you want to choose this microbe and this drug from pharmacology and this pathological process, whatever it is. Now in the next column, I want you to list at least five different associations that you've made to that main topic. And actually, if you want, you can totally use mind maps for this as well. You have a main topic and then branch out to at least five separate subtopics. And with each of these subtopics, I want you to think of a visual that you can use to associate those together. And for the main topics as well. So if your main topic is staff aureus, then your main anchor marker is going to be that golden staff. What are five subtopics you want to associate with it? And what images can you use? those subtopics. And then last, I want you to somehow combine all of these together to chunk the linking markers together with the anchor marker and create one coherent visual for this chunk of information. Okay, so 
If you want to do more, you obviously can. You can do these infinitely, and the more practice you get, the better. But I want you to create at least three of these this week and write them down in your journal. You can draw them out as a mind map. You can chart them out as the main topic with an image, subtopics with an image, and then ultimately all of those combined somehow. And if you can't draw out the complexity of it, that's fine too. At least draw out something so you will remember what image you're associating to which anchor marker, what image you're associating to what linking marker, and then try to visualize it in your head. And you can at least come back to this chart as a reference point in case you forget one of the linking markers later on. So do review this material at least once or twice, preferably more, before the next episode, before the next homework assignment. Go back and review the other past assignments that we've done too. These are all building your skill level slowly over time. It's going to take a few weeks to get proficient in some of these, longer for some than others, but these are some of the basic skills and now getting into some more advanced techniques. And in the next episode, we're going to cover the story method, which is really how we can combine a lot of these types of techniques and ideas and concepts and our visual dictionaries that we've been creating into a synchronized story. So it can help with remembering sequences or processes or other more advanced topics and making associations between them. So have fun with this assignment. Hopefully I didn't ramble on too much about these. It's a little difficult to explain sometimes, but I hope you'll enjoy doing this homework assignment and catch you next week. The Medical Mnemonist Podcast is powered by Med School Coach. To access Med School Coach services, including USMLE tutoring and residency admissions advising, visit our website at medschoolcoach.com. Good luck as you prepare for your board exams, and we hope you tune in again next time.